our message this evening, I'm going to be talking about uh, a discipleship topic. Uh, you know, there are, there are certain, you know, things that we'll talk about that have to do with characteristics that the Lord wants us to not only develop, but continue to develop and continue to live out in our lives. So I, I believe there are certain areas that we need to keep going back to uh, because we, we live in a world that's fallen and uh, we have to constantly be reminded to be uh, staying on the path and walking after the things uh, that God has called us to walk after. But I also want to say in particular, I, I think this topic uh, that we look at here this evening, you know, as God, as God works in our lives, as God grows us up spiritually, church, as we dare to believe him, to be who he said he is, God desires to pour his glory out, and he desires to pour his glory through us. And uh, part of our readiness for that um, is the ability to not let ourselves be ruined. Did you hear what I just said? Ruined by what God does. You might say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I want to talk tonight about developing and walking out a life and a lifestyle of humility. And when it comes to power, whether it's God's power or any other uh, position of power, mantle of power that's given in our lives, there's something about power when it comes to us as human beings, and it's corruptive. Power is corruptive to people. And, and hear me, hear the, the sobering thought in this, even God's power. You know, and that's, that's not, uh, you know, to say that we shouldn't want and we shouldn't uh, dare to believe and dare to dream. Uh, what, what I'm saying is um, we want to live a lifestyle of humility because it is the safeguard against the glory and power of God at work in our lives, it's the safeguard against that being something that has the wrong effect in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't hit you the wrong way. Don't, don't say that that's God's power. Hey, let's take a look at the Pharisees, right? The, the mantle of authority that they had, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of Jesus' time. They had great authority. They had, they had great notoriety and great respect among uh, so many of the people. And for many of them, not for all of them certainly, but for many of them, the effect of that power and that mantle, um, it was corruptive. You know, so uh, there was others who, who had a response um, that, that was a heart that was soft. You know, so that certain of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they said of Jesus when they encountered him, crucify him. You know, there's others that ran into him that said, you are the Christ. You know, I bow my heart to you. You know, and there was many of the, uh, you know, it says many of the priests and many of the, the rulers of that time, even in the book of Acts, turned and followed Jesus. But one of the biggest stumbling blocks that can get in the way of us walking the life that God wants us to, to walk is, is pride and allowing pride to be manifest in our lives. So, you know, pride, it's an interesting thing. It's a tricky thing because pride is subtle. And sometimes it can be difficult to even discern and see when pride is creeping into our lives. You know, uh, how many know we can be blinded by pride? Right? So, and, and another thing about pride, you know, I used to think that, you know, somebody that is, let's just say, really full of themselves, somebody whose ego is just kind of out of control, well, hey, that's a prideful person. 
But, you know, I've also come to uh, observe and see and even recognize in my, life, in my life that when a person is in a place of brokenness, they could be walking in great pride. Sometimes pride is a guard against insecurity and brokenness that we could be feeling on the inside. Come on, can you say amen? You know, so as I talk about this, this is just one of those areas that, man, we want to keep going back to it because the word makes it clear. It teaches us, right? It's the broken road. It's the humble path. We decrease so he can increase. You know, and the enemy will be at work to try to see us get puffed up and, and full of pride. If you notice uh, Jesus, when um, uh, it, the temptation is going on, part of what the enemy is trying to appeal to is his pride, trying to get him to step into a place of ego. Of course, Jesus doesn't bite. He doesn't buy into it, you know. Uh, and then there's the flesh. Sometimes just in our flesh, we respond. I can tell you honestly, sometimes I respond in pride and I look and I'll say, I did that because I was hurt by what the person did. Come on, can you say amen? amen? I realized that was that was my ego, but that wasn't me because I necessarily was thinking, man, I'm wonderful. You know, instead I was saying, ouch, that hurt, and I responded in pride. You know, and again, we so we can we can repent, and, and the word says that God's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I tell you, for us to walk in God's best, for us to be carriers of the glory of God, we have to stay in a place of humility. And the only way we stay in a place of humility is to stay really, really hooked up with the Lord. You know, it's interesting. There's a book. Um, uh, I won't even say the, the book, the, the title of the author, but it was a guy who had a prophetic vision and a prophetic picture. And in this, he saw uh, what was the mountain of God. And on this mountain of God, he, he could see different levels of the mountain were written different spiritual truths and different theological truths. And so there was a real, real wide road at the base of the mountain, mountain of God, and it was labeled salvation. You know, and it was just, you know, it, you know we, we, we come as babes in Christ, right? Just believe and, and we can step on and we can grow. But it was an interesting thing he, he had said in this prophetic revelation that as, as he was climbing the mountain, the road got narrower and narrower. You know, and the more and more that there was an experience of the glory of God and the power of God and the gifts of God and the things of God, the narrower and more slippery that road got. And actually in this, this whole picture, he said he had to, he had to put this veil on and, and, and it was told to him that it was the veil of humility that allowed him to not slip and stumble and actually backslide back down the road. Again, I know I'm kind of jumping right in, kind of on the weightier side of things here, right? But I want us to be really sober <clears throat> about, this, about this idea of, of keeping pride out and keeping humility front and center in our lives. And, and, and let me balance some statements here. Humility is not a lack of courage. Humility is not a lack of boldness. Humility doesn't mean, it, 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 it's not opposite of raw, bold, audacious faith to just dare to believe and trust God. Humility is not quiet and mousy. Can you say amen? Humility is, no, I am less and, and God is more. And when the enemy puts the situation in our lives where, where we would want to step into ego, it's where we say, no, you know what, Lord? I'll trust you. I'll die to self. And, and, and actually, humility, when we're walking in it biblically, we have to walk in it by faith because we have to trust. Come on, how many of you had it? Lord, I want to take a swing here. But Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to walk in humility that your pathway is going to be better than any satisfaction I'll get out of walking in the flesh right now. Come on, can you say amen? amen. 
Man, I tell you, this is all just pouring out of my heart right now. I didn't even, and now to start the sermon. I, I do feel it kind of heavy on my heart just as um, I feel like it's maybe I, I think what, what the Lord is showing me is the Lord is moving us forward in some really good stuff that he has for us moving down the road. And I think this is a part of us being equipped as God's people. How many times, you know, what has busted up revival? What has busted up the move of God in the past? It's usually been stuff that in some way traces back to pride. So we could live in a way, and, and it's in, not in a way where we're monitoring other people's pride, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, I'm humble. I'm humble and proud of it, you know. Let's talk about your pride, right? You know, but no, living in a way where we're saying, Lord, I'm keeping an eye before you. And, and again, the part of it that gets tricky is uh, it can be in the blind spot in our lives where, where we don't even realize it's there. So, um, so we want to talk about this, this uh, subject of humility, uh, let's talk then, what is pride? It's, it is a conceited sense of one's superiority. Uh, it means to be arrogant, haughty, or swelling. Actually, another word could be puffed up. We could talk about being puffed up. Uh, and it's deception. It's believing something about ourselves that isn't true. Pride will be where, where it exalts me and myself and I above others. What is humility? It's having a modest and unassuming attitude, and it's not being proud or arrogant. Uh, it's the ability to receive what you don't deserve as well. Right? Have, have you ever um, had somebody go to, uh, hey, I'd like to buy you dinner, and, they say, and, and you say, no way, no way, no way you're buying me dinner. Have you ever had that argument with people? You, you know, I had somebody point out to me at one point, you're being prideful. Stop it. And I realized, okay, I have to allow the person uh, to bless me. You know, we don't want to stop God's blessings from coming in our lives because in some sense of, uh, of pride has, has come into our lives, right? Because it does tell us in the word, give and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and running over will men give unto your bosom. Right? So, you know, God's trying to bless us and, and you know, we could be saying, no, 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 no. I'll wait on God. And God is saying, it's me. I work through people. I'm trying to bless you, right? So that's one of the ways that, that it could show up. Let's look at Matthew 18, verses 2 to 4. Uh, Jesus called the little child to him, and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So humility is going to ultimately exalt God and others above self. Again, um, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, we, you know, have, uh, get in a ditch and say, well, I'm just a worm and I'm no good. It, it, we're not saying that, right? We're just, just saying that we, we esteem the Lord, we reverence and we honor him. And then in our love and honoring of him, we, we respect and esteem others knowing that God's going to take care of us. We can put ourselves second because God's going to take care of us. And, uh, you know, it's a state of deflated pride. You know, so you know, when you think about inflating, deflating, you know, you blow up a balloon, the balloon in, in, inflates. You know, that, that's, that's pride having its way. You know, then when we uh, open up the balloon and let the air out, that's uh, allowing humility uh, to have its way, and it's deflating the pride uh, in our lives. And, and, you know, pride is, is something that can really, the, the enemy can do a lot for his kingdom through pride. What are the effects of pride? Proverbs sixteen eighteen: pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 
Uh, Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. James 4, verses 6 and 7, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Right? See, all of this, isn't this just such a good case for why we want to walk in humility? God is pleased with humility. He'll, he'll show us favor. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. In Matthew 23, 12, it says, for those who exalt themselves um, will be humbled. How many know it's never fun to be humbled? Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Have you ever showed up for, for uh, a, you know, a game or have you, you know, it might have been in the backyard like horseshoes or something like that, you know, and you're really, really talking yourself up and you get humbled. You know, have you ever even over a board game, you know, so, you, you know, uh, I'm going to crush you. I am going to win this game. And then, you know, sometimes the Lord will even use those situations as such an agonizing defeat. You know, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, again, the Pharisees, they, they literally, they, they were gnashing their teeth. They were, they were so envious of the love and, and the, the crowds turning toward Jesus. And then let's look at John the Baptist, right? And his disciples are, are, they're bent out of shape on John the Baptist's behalf, you know? This other guy's baptizing, you know? He's not Jesus the Baptist, he's Jesus of Nazareth. You're John the Baptist, what's going on here? You know, and John had to say, whoa, hold up. John with a humble spirit. No, I have to decrease so he can increase. This is perfectly okay. This is not about my agenda. This is not about how far, far I can bring myself. This is about what is God up to and what does God want to do? Amen. You know, and John was able to just model this picture of humility all the way through because he went from that into, you know, uh, imprisonment and, and, and death, you know, where his head was cut off and brought to a party, you know, to make a mockery of him. Uh, what a humble man he was. By heavenly standards, by heavenly standards, the way up is to get low, right? Is to, to just humble ourselves. What got Lucifer kicked out of heaven? Well, let's look in Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 15. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. You hear a lot of I wills right there, you know. Uh, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. You know, so, uh, you, you, you know, pride is something, I, I, this is a, a picture I, I heard years ago, a flagpole. If you were to climb up to the top of the flagpole, there's only one thing left to do, go back down. You know, uh, so pride is like that. But humility is like an elevator, right? You can step into an elevator. I get down on my knees before God. My position has never changed. I'm in a humble state, but then God pushes the button, the door opens, and I'm in another place. And my position hasn't changed. I've just gotten on my knees and bowed and worshiped God. Amen? 
First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So uh, what does God think of pride? Let, let's dig a little deeper here. Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19. It says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Look at the first one. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So, hey, all those things are, are not good. But notice the first one, haughty eyes, right? Come on, have you seen it? Somebody just, you could just see it just right in their eyes. You, you know, they're just kind of blasting you with pride and arrogance. Proverbs eight thirteen: to fear the Lord is to hate evil. And I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Proverbs 16.5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. So again, man, when we weigh all this out, this is, this is you know, uh, uh, heavy-duty stuff, right? Now, characteristics, if we want to say, well, what is greatness before God? What is greatness in God's kingdom? Well, humility is, is at the top of the list. If, if not, if not you, you know, the top, certainly in the top handful of things. You know, we look at Moses, Numbers 12, verse 3. It says, now Moses was a very humble man. Look at this. How would you like this to be able to be said about you? yourself more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Wow. What, what a statement was made about Moses. Uh, Deuteronomy 34.10, since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. I already mentioned John the Baptist, but again, his, his statement, John 3.30, I must decrease so he can increase. He must become greater. I must become less. And then, of course, we see Paul, who before he became Paul, was Saul, the terrorizer of the Christian church, you know? And he winds up uh, as somebody who writes over two-thirds of the New Testament. And again, what a great picture. We see humility in Paul, and, and, but, but again, balancing statement, humility is, doesn't mean you're a doormat, doesn't mean you're a pushover, doesn't mean that we suffer abuse because people are abusive, you, you know, it doesn't mean any of those things. Paul was feisty. How many have read in the New Testament and say, Paul, you're pretty sarcastic, man, wow. You know, I mean, Paul, you know, could get in somebody's face, he would thunder a against religiosity and, and, you know, stuff that was demonic and from the enemy, you know, but, but he was a humble man. In Ephesians 3.8, he says, although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given me. He was so broken. He knew he was forgiven. He knew his past was forgiven, but he was so broken over who he was before he met Christ. I mean, he was condoning. They were, people were laying their robes down at his feet, and he was consenting as believers were tortured, put in prison, and even put to death. You know, and so he knew he was forgiven. He knew the gospel. He knew the promises, but he was broken over that being part of his life. And he'd say, I am least than the least of all of God's people. And this grace to be an apostle was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. That's a heart of humility. 
You know, he would talk about our rights, he would talk about our freedoms, and he would say, but at the end of the day, I'm going to live my life that, that it, in, in serving others, they would be one to Christ. See the difference there? That's, that's such a great picture. I didn't have this connected in, in sharing the notes. What is allowing yourself to be a doormat for somebody? Like, when do you stand up and when do you step aside? The motive there, I'll submit myself, I'll, I'll pass on what belongs to me if it means you're going to know Christ more. If you're going to encounter God, that's, that, that's a great picture. So, uh, and then of course, the master himself, Jesus, Philippians 2, <laughs> the one who in all things are the eternally existent, the word of God, everything has been created. It's his word. He's what holds everything together. You know, physicists don't really understand what's the missing, what's the secret sauce and the missing ingredient that keeps atoms and all these things together. The word tells us it's Jesus. <laughs> right? And then let's read this in light of that. Uh, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. I love that. We could just, all we got to do is look at his example. But we look at his example and we look at the, the picture of men and women of God whose uh, godly characteristics are there for us to see as a model. And we see this picture of humility right in the midst of it. So the key that unlocks doors of promotion with God, humility is, is one of the biggest keys that will do that. Right, So we want God's best. We want all that God has for us. Humility is going to be the, the pathway. And again, where I opened in the beginning, power is corruptive. Yeah, you know, we just can't let go of that whole picture. You know, that's why it is so important. The more power that is put in anyone's hands, the more accountability that person has to be willing to submit themselves to. Because it's just the nature of dealing with power. And humility allows endurance into God's potential for us. You know, it's sad to say, and you want to know what church, when, I don't know how it is for you, but I have seen one too many headlines of some major, major crash and burn that has happened in the church world some major giant uh, of, of God's kingdom where, you know, there, there's a crash and burn. I've, I've looked and I've seen some heroes where I thought, oh, come on, not you too. Please let it not be true, only to find out it's true. And I know for some folks, it would make their faith shaky. But hear me tonight, hear me tonight, hear me tonight. It shouldn't make your faith shaky because of what we're looking at right here. If a person chooses 
to step more and more into God's power or power that's been given to them in some kind of earth, earth-bound measure without keeping their lives in accountability and keeping humility front and center, it is going to mess with them. And at some point, there's going to be a spin out or some kind of crash and burn because it's just the nature of the whole thing. Can you say Amen. So when we look at it, yes, our hearts can hurt. And yes, we can look and say, that's not the kind of press that I want God's kingdom to have. But at the end of the day, it shouldn't make us any less trust the Lord. If anything, we should say more and more, God's word is true. God's ways are true. God knows what he's talking about when he tells us how to live and how to walk this out. Amen? All right, so... uh, uh, Psalm 147 verse 6 says, The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. So pride distorts, but humility allows us to keep walking in the light. And it allows us to have the ability to stay on target with him. Psalm 25 verse 9, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Notice who he teaches his way. The humble. Those are the ones who are going to be those that can um, be taught his way. Psalm 149 verse 4, For the Lord takes delight in his people, and he crowns the humble with victory, man. Wow. He crowns his, his people, the humble, with victory. And then uh, we know Scripture teaches a broken and contrite heart. God will not reject or despise, Proverbs 3.34. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and the oppressed. Hey, have you seen uh, uh, any, any haughtiness, uh, you know, just, just in our world around us? Celebrities, politics, sports, unfortunately, the church world, every other place around us. And have you looked at it and said, it looks like we're getting swallowed up? No, 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 no. Nope. Uh, It tells us here, God mocks the proud mockers and shows favor to the humble and the oppressed. God is a God of justice, and it'll eventually all shake out to where uh, God is lifted up. Luke 1, 52, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. And then as, as, uh, as we said earlier, if we humble ourselves, it'll be God who lifts us up. Psalm 18, verse 27, you save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. So, hey, are you tracking with me so far on this? Right? I know it's, I know it's kind of a, like a real sobering subject, and, and um, there, there's, there's no particular angle I'm trying to make application with other than, man, if we... If we keep our walk with God, if we keep it real and we keep our lives accountable to him and accountable to each other and and allow ourselves to be teachable and spoken to and and people can speak into our lives, that's going to keep pride out of the blind spots and it's going to bless our relationships. It's going to bless the way we live. It's going to keep deception out of our lives. And then when we look at this picture of what God wants to do in his people, we can be carriers of the glory and presence of God. We can see God beginning to release miracles, signs and wonders, gifts of his spirit, uh, things through our lives and we're not going to be dopey enough to think that that is God condoning everything we think or um, showing favorites to, to us, you know? No, no, you know, no favesies. That's not, that's not what it is. It's God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. And God's Holy Spirit, the gifts are distributed as he wills. So as he wills, what will block as he wills is if we're not postured 
to receive by faith, by truly worshiping, by, by creating an atmosphere where God can move. But then as it moves on top of that, you know, last thing we want to do is, is, is turn around and say, God moved through me, therefore God is condoning everything I think and every opinion I have, right? How many know? Because that's not what it's all about. Right? At the end of the day, it's really nothing to do with that. It's about what is it that he desires to do. I had one of my mentors tell me one time, they said, hey, just when you start feeling really good about yourself, just remember the donkey walking into Jerusalem. You know? Uh, and, and he used another word for donkey, I'll tell you. You know? He goes, just remember, you know, at the end of the day, we're the, the, the donkey that carries Jesus, you know. He was trying to make a point, you know, um, don't, don't get so into yourself that you forget it's God doing what God desires to do. Uh, it, it's not anything where we want to start getting into a place of pride. Can you say amen? So a humble lifestyle is to not think too highly of ourselves. You know, it's really interesting, church, because we live in, in a day in America where people's sense of esteem and worth, people's brokenness is at an all-time high. You know, so uh, in one respect, it's like, Folks need to hear who they are in Christ. They need to understand their identity. They need to understand that they are God's gift to the world, that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, that, that God truly individually loves each of us with an everlasting love. There are so many folks that need to be put back together and receive inner healing and wholeness on the inside because they, they, they don't believe those things about themselves. And, and so the enemy runs rampant and people think there's... N- you know, no good purpose to their life, nothing good about them. That's all garbage from the enemy, right? And, and that's, that's rampant in our world. On the flip side of all of that, we, we can't go around thinking too highly of ourselves. You know, and I think there's something in human flesh, in human carnality that wants to build hierarchy of who's better than who, Right? And come on, every one of us can be prone to this. I, I, I am ashamed to admit the times that I've walked by somebody and on the inside, my nose is turned up to that person. Come on, don't look at me that way. You've done it too. And only for the Lord to, to, to remind me. And I'm so grateful for the times where I can hear him when he's reminding me. God, forgive me for every time where I've missed it, where you've wanted to remind me. You're no better than them. I don't love you. Sometimes I've heard the Lord say this. I don't love you more than I love them. Just to remind me, it's not the Lord saying, I don't love you. It's the Lord saying, get off your high horse. What makes you think that you're, you're, you're better than them, right? I, and, and I think if that stuff creeps into the church, I've shared this illustration before. You know, I, I've, heard, I've heard altar calls where people are calling for sinners to come forward and they're seething with arrogance and condescension. And, you can, and, and, there's, and there's no anointing in it. And then I've seen others give the most bold, in-your-face, get-the-sin-out altar calls. And there's such love and tears in their eyes. And the anointing is in the room is so, so tangible, you could almost cut it with a knife. Right? The difference is humility versus pride. Right? To ever get to a point where we, where, where we forget. No, 
I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm actually kind of sharing the other side of the coin of what I shared on Sunday morning. God have mercy on the, on the, the sermon that says I'm just a bag of dirt, right? You know, but the flip side of that is I don't want to be walking around saying I'm so amazing and, and I'm above others, you know? So it's having, having a, a true biblical understanding. Here's the thing, church. How many know this to be true? Once we truly realize we're kings, we're priests, we're peculiar, holy carriers, the living God making his tabernacle inside us. When we truly get a healthy revelation of that, doesn't it just humble us? Right? I can remember hearing a story uh, uh, where uh, uh, I think it was Patton was walking down, uh, you know, during wartime, he was walking among uh, his soldiers. And one of, the, uh, one of the enlisted men said, I don't remember if it was a cigarette or a cigar. He said, hey, hey, put that out right now. Only to his chagrin to see that it's Patton who walks right up to him, you know. And, uh, and now he's shaking in his boots saying, I, I just, thinking I just gave an attitude to General Patton. And he just patted him on the, on the shoulder and he said, relax, son. Just be glad I'm not a first lieutenant. You know, like one of the lower ranks kind of a thing. In other words, he was a general. He knew who he was. He wasn't insecure. You know, I, I can remember years ago uh, at my first church uh, doing my first wedding. And the photographer was asking questions and the senior pastor of the church walked by. And uh, he was talking to me and he was just kind of giving some instructions. And this photographer looks at him and he goes, uh, he goes who are you? Like kind of snooty, you know? And my pastor said, I'm the janitor. And he just walked right by, you, you know? And I just, it was just a great picture of securing who he was, you know? How many times have we heard Pastor Walt walk up and say, hey, I'm Walter. Amen. You know, when, when, we get, when it's got to be about our title, we probably got to get a little more secure in, in, in who God's, God says we are, Right? You know, so in this whole picture of not thinking too highly of ourselves, you know, the, the whole picture is, man, when we really understand who we are in Christ, that w what is afforded to every human being, it's, it's mind-blowing. But when we truly are secure and anchored in that, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to, it's, it's not going to feed ego, it's going to feed humility. So, uh, so uh, a humble lifestyle is to not think too highly of ourselves, number one. And the number two, to seek to exalt God and to seek to encourage and lift up and exalt and esteem others. You know, when, when we're doing this right, we're not trying to tell the world and say, hey, look at me. But at the end of the day, if we're helping others be lifted up and, and um, encouraged and grown in the Lord, uh, then, then, then we're hitting the nail on the head. We're doing it right. Luke 18, 14 says, I tell you that, the, uh, uh, okay, so remember, this is the picture of Jesus observing. Oh, let, let me just read it and then, and then we'll fill in the backstory. I tell you this. I, I'm sorry, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Right? So Jesus is, you know, with the disciples, and, you know, there's the, the person who gets before him and says, God, I'm just so glad that I'm not like this heathen over here that's trying to talk to you. You know, and then the other person just beat his chest and said, God, forgive me. Have mercy on me, a sinner. 
you know, and Jesus said, hey, that was the guy who went away, uh, you know, um, having touched God's heart. Because the first one went over with pride and arrogance. The other one went over in humility. So, so the, the Lord said, yeah, the, the one with humility went home justified before God because those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Is this landing this evening? Amen. Yeah, amen. Uh, Romans 12, 3, 4, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. You know, I find that Jesus is gentle with the lost and he's intense with the church. Right? He's gracious with the sinner that's got, it, got their ear turned saying, there's something here, I want to know more about this. And he rails against hypocrisy. You know? And again, we can, all, we can all blow, we can all miss it, we can all be hypocrites. I know I've heard people say, I don't want to go to the church, it's full of hypocrites. And I usually just pat them on the arm and say, don't worry, there's room for one more. Come on in. You know? Who are you trying to kid for somebody to say that they've not ever been in hypocrisy? But it's one thing to practice it. It's another thing to, you know, we're by faith to faith and glory to glory, we're growing. First Peter 3, 8, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. It's just all over the place in, in the word, isn't it? Be a servant. So we're talking about now, so we, we talked about pride, we talked about humility, we talked about examples, and now here I'm, I'm wrapping us up with what is a humble lifestyle? Don't think too highly of yourself. Seek to exalt God and others. And now number three, be a servant. Colossians 3, 23 to 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I'll tell you, I'll just tell you real transparently too, there's, there are times, I don't know if you've had this, but there are times where, where I will find myself saying, Lord, I don't like this. I don't like this, and I, and I, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this and that. And, and, and then I'll hear the Lord say, humble yourself. I'll hear the Lord say, let me work in you. I'll have times where I'll say, Lord, I'm done with this. Hey, I'll just tell you, honestly, I've had times with, with, with some folks where I've said, Lord, I'm done with them. And I've heard the Lord say, no, you're not. And I'll say, but Lord, this hurts, this stinks. And I'll hear the Lord say, I'm working myself out in you. I am growing you. I am changing you. I am breaking you so you can look more like me. God's not an abuser and we're not to be, um, this is not to have us rationalize people being abusive and toxic relationships and don't, don't hear any of that. You got to hear this through a, a clean filter, right? But as we go through life, God is never going to bring us to where we are escaping injustice, mistreatment, being misunderstood, feeling lonely, the broken path, feeling like we've been wronged, like it's not been done right, all, all of these different things. We will walk through that pathway, and, and if we allow God to do in us what he wants to, it's going to create this brokenness that is going to allow the fragrance of Christ to, in a greater way, pour out of our lives. 
And you want to know what church, right? How many know? It just doesn't come any other way. So if we say, man, I want all that God has, that's good. But we also have to say, we have to, well, this was in a prophetic word recently. We got to buckle up. Because part of that pathway, it's not an easy pathway to walk. And you want to know what? The greater the anointing, God will try. And when I say this, not that God's not capable, but we will get in the way. God will try to have us be a vessel that's prepared to be able to carry that anointing. And part of that preparation is to be able to carry a humility. Um, All right, and then a fourth part of walking this as a lifestyle is we need to be teachable. A humble person is always willing to learn. Proverbs 13.10, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. And then, uh, of course, probably bigger than all of these is spending time with Christ. Making sure that we are, we are fostering and feeding our own relationship with the Lord. First uh, John 2.16, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And so the more time we spend with Jesus Christ, the more humble we'll be. We spend time in his word. We spend time in, his, in, in prayer, in worship, because Jesus says... In Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Bless you, Lord. And you know, pride has its greatest opportunity when we're having our highest success. So we should be most watchful at those times. Have you ever noticed right after a huge victory? You know, it can be the time for for pride to really sneak in. Praise you, Lord. You know, Wednesday night crowd is a hungry crowd. So I know I'm preaching to the choir a little bit here. Amen? Amen? You're hungry people. You're, you're, you're teachable. Your heart's soft to the Lord. You're, you're going after God. So I understand there's a part of it that's preaching to the choir, but, but I got to tell you, this is, I think part of the passion you're seeing come out of me in this is I feel this so real for my own life too. I feel the Lord saying this so loudly to me as well. This is, so, it, it, humility doesn't stay put in our lives. Humility doesn't happen by accident, right? It's something we have to keep walking out. It's something we have to purpose toward. Why is it there are so few that really, really go the distance for the full potential of what God has? Um, It's not that it's impossible by any stretch, but we just have to really, really stay intentional in the process. So, hey, as we get ready to to close this this evening, um, again, realize there's so many applications to this. And and, and my prayer is just that the Holy Spirit would, would quicken to each of us. You want to know what the application really is? Is just to ask ourselves where, see where I'm going with this, to ask ourselves where is it coming from? You know, if I'm bothered by something at home, is it my pride or is it something else? If I'm bothered by this in another person, is it my pride or is it something else? Where is it coming from? And again, pride is sneaky because it's not only like if we start thinking too much of ourselves, but it's also sometimes when we're feeling really beat up, we just start swinging. 
You know, so we got to watch it there too. Where's this coming from? It's coming from my stinking ego, and I need to pin it to the cross. Other times it's, I'm hurting. I got to own it. I got to call it. I'm hurting right now. I got to give it to God. I got to get over it somehow. I got to go cry it out with the Lord, shout it out with the Lord, worship it out, pray it out, whatever, you know, but, um, but just, just to get the picture of, so where, where is this coming from? And sometimes we need the Lord to show us, right? Because how many know sometimes we convince ourselves, we, we fool ourselves about our pride, you know, so, but, but the, the good news is we don't fool God. You know, and if we just say, Lord, I surrender to you, show me, show me my blind spot, show me where I'm missing it. Lord, just lead me in your way. Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. And again, just for a balancing statement, this is not saying we don't communicate the hard thing. This is not saying that we don't have difficult conversations. It doesn't say that we're not bold. It doesn't say that, you know, it's not saying that we don't, you know, step out and, and you know, I mean, Jesus, who was humble and gentle of heart, uh, made a, a whip and flipped over tables. Amen. But again, let's look at that. Great, great picture. Where was that coming from? That wasn't... Uh, they need to know who I am. Man, he never did that, ever. But what, where did that come from? This is where the Gentiles are supposed to be able to come and pray. And you're trying to fill your pockets with money in the place, the only place where they can go to pray. So his, his, his frustration, his anger, those, those bold, courageous things that he did in that was because of his love and his concern for others. It was because he was lifting up God and because he was caring for the Gentiles. This is our only spot. Knock it off, you greedy people. Get out of here. That's not what this space is for, right? So we can, you know, always go back and just take a look, you know, where, where, where is it coming from in me, whatever this is that I'm dealing with. And, and I, I don't think pride is something we can eliminate. I just, I just think, you know, we got to live in a way where we keep vitally connected with the Lord so we can hear his voice. You know, ah, oh, mercy. I wish I could stand before you and say, I'm doing really good with this. You know, there's, there's, come on, would you be honest enough? There's spots every day where I realized that was prideful. Or, or uh, you know, that whole looking down my nose thing, that was looking down your nose. I, I, I want to live in a way where I don't look down my nose at anybody. That means, that, that means the flesh is out of the way, right? You know, so, so it's all a part of we're, we're growing in Christ. So I, I would say that, you, you know, as our, as our takeaway for this, um, pride is ultimately going to hurt us. So by getting it out, we can be walking in a lifestyle that's going to be allowing God's best in our lives, right? It's also going to keep the enemy out in whatever, whatever kind of things that we do together. You know, so think about it in a family. Think about it in a, di uh, in a business setting. Think about it in any group of people that you're with. Usually uh, discord and strife is usually going to, pride's going to be in the mix there somewhere. So we keep it kicked out and we take, and, and here's part of the, the faith walk of taking the humble road. Well, what if I don't defend my pride? What if I just step back and humble myself? Now the faith step is to say, God's got it. And I will tell you this, I will tell you hands down, uh, through, through my early years of growing with the Lord, um, man, every time I chose to do it that way, how many know God had my back? Anytime, amen, amen. Glory be to God in that. 
And anytime I chose to just, well, I'll take it up for myself, well, I, I got my reward, right? You know, and, 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 and then had another learning experience of, okay, don't want to do it that way anymore in the future. So uh, why don't we close in prayer, amen? Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Well, Father, we just give you glory and honor and thank you for the leading of your spirit. Thank you for your word that you live inside us, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your unction, for your direction, for making the word alive, for helping guide our steps. And Lord, as we wind this service down tonight, we ask that you would help us see any place where we have allowed pride in. Lord, if there's things that are just obvious to us and that we're aware of, Lord, we just say, oh, mercy, we repent. God, please forgive us and cleanse us from that. We renounce it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, any place where pride is in that blind spot that we just don't see, Lord, reveal it, show it to us, expose it. Soften our hearts. And Lord, some of these principles that we looked at on how to walk a pathway of humility, Lord, I thank you that that pathway allows promotion. It allows your anointing to flow. It allows your gifts to flow in us and through us. Lord, we, we thank you for putting us on that path, that path of taking up our cross every day and following after you. So help us by the power of your spirit to stay on that path, to walk that way. Lord, as we spoke tonight about those who, you know, when we're hurting, then pride can be present. I pray that you would heal hurts wherever they are. Lord, it's just in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that we pray. And church, I just, I want to, uh, I want to go back to, uh, we, we had such great, I really appreciate Pastor James and, um, you know, the, the singing that we did and all the things that he covered. And, and, and um, I just want to say yes and amen to those things. And I want to, um, I want to just pray, uh, wherever there has been harassment in anybody's life, and, and in particular, there, there, you know, certain times you see things happening in waves and you realize it's not just sporadic attack of the enemy. You realize it's more organized attack. Uh, there is definitely organized attack of the enemy that, that's, that's present in this season. And uh, it's not the only way, but it's been attacking with sickness. And then it's been attacking with a tremendous distraction uh, and, and um, uh, heaping burden upon burden uh, upon folks. And at the same time, God is just beginning to stir with his spirit what he's wanting to do among his people. And it's not just something that's just happening now. This is something that's been in this recent season. But let's pray in agreement together here tonight. Let's take authority against every strategy of the enemy that he is trying to assault against this church, every place where there's distraction. And for anyone who is weary in, in the fight, let's just pray just a fresh outpouring of strength and vitality from the Lord in that. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you. Even as we sang earlier, and we, we, are, we are stirring our faith and we are stirring our hearts, we thank you that you are the God of miracles. We thank you, God, that you are almighty.
And we thank you for your great and precious promises. And you've told us, Lord, that it is no weapon that is formed against us that will prosper. And so, Lord, we are standing in the gap right now, Lord, whether, whether it's for our own individual lives or if not, then beyond that, for the person on our left, for the person on the right, Lord, we are praying for across the church of grace and peace, we are saying to you, church of grace and peace, people of God, no weapon formed against you will prosper, we say in the authority and power of the name of Jesus. We speak to every assignment of the enemy that has been launched against the people of God here, and we say you must relent, we say you must cease, we say you must go in Jesus' name. And God, we pray that you would release, God, your warring angels to hedge about and protect your people. And Lord, for those that are, that are in sickness right now, we pray speedy recovery to them. We speak wholeness. We speak the life of God to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, where, where there are peculiar things, where there are just bizarre things that need miracle, that need unique miracles, Father, we pull on heaven now and we pray the release of your miracle working power. Lord, things that need to be reconstructed, things that need to be made new. Lord, in every realm where in the natural, it just looks dire. We speak the hope, the salvation, and the resurrection power of God into those situations, into those people's lives, into those bodies, into those families in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray where there is weariness, because of the buffeting, because of the constant buffeting where there is weariness, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and, and, and strengthen and heal and rejuvenate. God, you said you give your beloved sweet sleep. I pray sweet sleep would return. Rejuvenating sleep would return in the name of Jesus. Father, we believe you. We speak, and Lord, it's the light yoke and the light burden we take up because we know it's not our might, it's not our power, it's by your spirit. And so we thank you, God, for, for working in impossible areas and glorifying your name. So we say, Jesus, be lifted up. Lord, in every place in our church family where, where it's been dark, every place where it's been attack, every place where it's been brokenness, Jesus, be lifted up, be exalted in your life, in your resurrection power. We stand on that yours is the name above every name, that everything named under heaven must bow to the name of Jesus. And so God, we agree together we agree together. You told us if two agree is touching anything, asking the Father that it would be done. And so, Lord, we agree together, and you get all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise for it. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.